What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today! When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons toward your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Because shopping at Kroger, whether in-store or online, is easy. And saving money is even easier with the Kroger app. So get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Forever. Dog. Um, have you guys been watching the the Last Dance, Michael Jordan documentary? Oh, no. What Listen. is that? <laughs> I've just How been seeing you. people talking about it. I know nothing about it. <laughs> How dare you? Yo. Yo, he said, I know. I'm sorry. I I know that everyone is talking about it. <laughs> That's the I, reason I we're no doing idea. this. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you what's so funny about it is I've been watching it, and there's something about you know what it is. It's something about um how Michael just perceives winning a competition that I'm like, man, if, if you were an actor or director or in entertainment and had that mindset, would you be considered a douchebag? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, is this if, the Michael if, Jordan if, doc? You know, I still don't yeah, know what it is. Well, he was, oh, well, so he, it's, <laughs> oh it's about, God. it's about the last, his last, his last year with the Bulls. So they just like did a doc about it. Why they ain't talking and, about the Wizards though? Hey, don't do that. <laughs> tough time. Hey, don't do that. That was a very tough time, man. Hey, hey. everyone's trying to forget the last that. dance. I mean, was that hey. his last dance? Hey, 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 let's not do this, man. That was a very tough time in DC. We had hype, and then he was just. I remember he had the All Star game, and he missed the dunk. He just went like this after the, he missed the oh, dunk. Oh no! Do you remember that? It was an All Star game. He, he had went, a fast break, and he just. He was like, <laughs> and we're like, no, no, no. That's not the. You're not supposed to do it then. Not then. No, no, not then. I will say this. He's so competitive, man. And he talks about just like how he wants to be better than every single person, how he pushed his team to be better, and how some of the people thought he was assholes. Like, yo, could you imagine, like, I don't know, being on set and it's like you and Denzel and you and me are like, yo, Denzel, I'm about to wash you in this scene. Yo. Like, just literally just like, oh, Viola, you think you're going to cry better would, than me in this scene? But wouldn't he be the Denzel in that? He would, he would be the Denzel in that scenario. I don't, I don't know if there's an actor who is that competitive, at least that you know about. What's his name? Uh, fucking... Uh... Daniel Day Lewis. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, true. But Daniel Day Lewis, one of them dudes who be a whole different person. I'm like, I ain't trying to. I don't know, man. Well, the, Robert Pattinson has a good quote about it. Like, no one talks about being method until they talk about being a serial killer. No one's ever a method good person. And I kind of <laughs> like that. Vibe. The thing I like. Sorry, what were you saying, bro? I was just gonna say that the thing that I like about sports is that you actually, it's pretty objective. Like, it's it's hard to be subjective in sports. It's hard to go, I'm better than you. And it's like, really? Play me then. And if you lose, you know yeah, what I mean? It's like, let's go one-on-one. -on -one. And it's like, it's hard to be like, it's hard to say that you're better than someone after you lose. Like, you have to come up with a bunch of excuses that nobody's going to buy. They're just going to be like, nah, bro. Like, you lost. You lost again and again. But like in acting, it's like, it's very subjective. So that's the, 
that's the thing. Like the one cool thing about sports is when they talk about the greatest of all time, you know, it's subjective, I guess, because like some of the people didn't play together. But like when you're like talking about like Michael Jordan, and Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, it's like, yeah, like they were a little bit older, but like you kind of knew, you know what I mean? Like you could tell which person was, you know, above the rim. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say above the rim? I meant above the rest. I don't know why I said above the rim. <laughs> no, you. Anyway, that's don't not take true. It back. Uh, <laughs> don't take. No, I meant above, no, above the above the rest. Anyway, it's what were we, what were we no, talking no. about? No, it's done. You. No, I'm just saying, you know which person's above the rim. I mean, above the rest. Goodness. What am I doing? <laughs> why, wait, why are you doing that? Like, why are you acting like you didn't just say the thing? What? No, I was talking about the greatest of all time, you know. Who's above the rest? Anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> oh, man, this makes me so... Can we just start? Like, why? I'm not we doing this. We should just start. I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'm looking at. That's true. This podcast is above the rim. Why? <laughs> Why do you just, yo? Where are you looking? You... Where were you? <laughs> just now. What direction was your gaze? Why was it away from us? <laughs> Sorry, I should have been looking above the rim. No, let's start the James, show. Shut up. You know Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood, Quarantine City. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warren G was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the eve so I can get some funk just rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. All right. <laughs> I love that. I hope everyone sees James's bandana. When you start buying bandanas? Uh, you know, I mean, this is just how I am, you know? This is me and my element, you know, all day, you Sorry. know? Wait, what, what was that? <laughs> what was that? Not true. This is just how I, this is how I be, be in my element, no, you know? Do-rag on, you know? Bandana. You got too much hair for a do-rag. You getting cornrow? Nah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just looking at this man. Like, I, honestly, I respect the, the do rat. I mean, the uh, bandana. Thank I you. It. Okay. It's uh, it's time for the cause, though. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the end of the podcast. It's, that's fair. Uh, that's honestly, honestly, that's real. That's so real. Uh, what's, uh, what's going on, everyone? Um, this... Uh, this 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 voice that you're listening to who makes hilarious jokes is Jonathan Braylock. Wow. Why well, gotta be about so, so, so. Yo, first off, why do you say a thing and then dive out of the camera? Like he just say something shady and then be like, all right, I'ma just I'ma just go. I'ma just leave real quick. Um, you know what? This person who does not throw shade or judgment um is Gerard Milligan. Yeah, and this this voice spewing the nonsense is James the third. Nice. So they're gonna be okay, stop dancing. They're going to be so confused when Gerard throws shade and judgment. 
<laughs> and I'm be like, wait, who is that? Because that sounds like the person who said that they don't throw shit. Nah, nah, no, John, I'm a new person, man. Okay, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to better myself in quarantine. Okay, I don't, I don't throw shade. Got it. Okay. But who right, would you know Gerard be without without making a declaration that he was not about to do something <laughs> that he's about to do? No, man. No, man. That's not me. That's not me. That's the old me. Okay. 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 That's 2019 pre-quarantine. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a whole different person. Okay. All right, this person out here, I got baseball bats. I'm out here robbing. Out here getting stuff you're, done. You're robbing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Out here trying to eat on the streets. Best to robbery on <laughs> <laughs> listen, Public people gotta, podcast. People got to know, man. Listen, yo, quarantine is real. Know? Quarantine is <laughs> real. You know oh what my saying? goodness! There was the government ain't helping. Okay, an appointment taking a month. A nigga had to eat. Had to go out here with sticks, stones. We got a crew now. You know okay. what I'm saying? Sticks right. and stones. Well, don't let Warriors. this episode of the podcast be used as evidence in Warriors. some future case. The people know it's warriors all day. I just brought that shit to L.A. Okay, okay. Wow. Anywho, uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, this is actually a film review podcast. Oh, we, okay. We, yeah, we review films of leading black actors. We talk about them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. And today we are reviewing the 1994 film Above the Rim. Above the Rim, baby! Starring Dwayne Martin, yeah. Leon, Tupac, Tupac. Shakur. Marlon Wayans is in this joint. Bernie Bass. He gets the end. He does get the end. <laughs> he, he does get the end. I mean, he's a Wayans. He wasn't about to not get it. Um, no shade. <laughs> it came out very shady. That's not what was shady. <laughs> it's begun. <laughs> I know. No, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like he was like, he did like one movie before this. Yeah. One. But, you know, he's a Wayans. So they you were know, really but popular. I think he gets he's, the end also because of the nature tough. of his the character in the movie, though. He was doing comedy, and he was a television star at this point. And I think his last name was Wayans. What's his last name? That is oh, also Marlon Wayans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he had done <laughs> he had done Mo Money. You know the film we had uh, we we've reviewed on this podcast as well. Um, yep. I liked him a lot more in this movie, actually. Anywho, yeah, me too. It was like the perfect amount. Anywho, uh. I said anywho seven times now. That's I gotta stop. I don't know why I'm saying it. Do you say that on Zoom all the time? John be at work. All right. Anywho. anywho. <laughs> uh, so, what else do I need to say? This film uh, cost apparently about six million dollars to make. It made about sixteen million, uh, which is okay. You know, did well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was a, you know, a film and a string of Tupac films. Also, I was going to ask, how many times did Tupac die in movies? <laughs> Yo, I thought the same thing last night. I thought the same thing. I was like, I was like, it was like movies were like, I don't know. Anyway, Juice had come out in 92. So, uh, Poetic Justice in 93. And then this was in 94. So he uh, was just starting to not die in movies, though, I feel like. When he got when older. He, when he died. Yeah. Yeah. When he got older, they stopped shooting him. Because um, he started playing his character. There was like more range to his characters, too. You know, he started playing. I just read that he read for Mace Windu. What? Wait, what? He read for Mace Windu. 
He was alive? Well, when did they make those movies? I think the movie came out in like 2000. Two, oh, did it come out? He oh. died in 99. The movie came out in 99? No, the movie came out in 99. He yeah, died in 97. So he, yeah, yeah. So he... um. Oh, yeah, so he would have had time to do it. Damn. Yeah, it probably took them three years to make that movie. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why Star Wars movies can't just be like... No, let me not say that until I get a Star Wars audition. Because I'm not shading nobody. I'm just saying... The animated stuff is so good. Like, are you about to say why can't the movies be as good as the animated stuff? Nope. That I would. That's not what. That's not what I was gonna say. Okay, good. It's Mm. it's, first of all, it's not fair because the animated movies are based. The animated shows are based off of the movies. They take all of the lore created by the movies and put them into the show. And also, a show, of course, is like much longer. You know, you got a lot more time to develop characters and things like that. Also, they had better actors. Let's let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Mandalorian's pretty good. Mandalorian's pretty good. I couldn't finish it. I I had Star Wars fatigue by that point. Fair enough. Mandalorian's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I know. It's all I hear. All I hear is that it's really good. Hey, man. You know, we had fun watching Force Awakens. The Last Jedi, you know, there were problems, but there were good. There were a lot of good stuff. And then, and then Rise of Skywalker came out. So, (laughs) you know. Hey, hey, y'all remember that time everybody thought there was gonna be a young black kid as a Jedi and then Yeah, we he wasn't. Uh, yeah. That was why are we talking about this? This is sad. Let's talk about <laughs> talk about something not yeah, as you're sad. Right. Let's be happy. We're Let's talk about, about above Tupac. the rim. <laughs> this this <laughs> This is my quarantine mood. It goes from super happy to like, damn. Uh, Alright. <laughs> Alright, wait, wait. Tupac. Um you know what I'm no, saying? Okay, so above the rim. This film is about uh, a young uh, black uh, high school basketball star who uh, who can't get out of his own way. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's caught between, you know, uh, his his ego, his fear of not making not making it out, not getting this scholarship. Uh, He's trying to pursue his dream. He's got uh he's got a friend who is uh a gangbanger, I guess. Uh even though qu- his friend went to Juvie, I think. Marlon, right? Yeah. Yeah, Marlon went to Juvie yeah. or something. Something like that. Um yeah. Uh, presumably for gang related activities, as they say in the police force. Yeah. Uh and then you got uh you know, you got Birdie, um, who's like trying to kind of coax him into, I guess, a world of crime. I don't really actually understand. I think are, I think Birdie bet a bunch of money on like that's the really, summer league that's games. That's all it was. And he just wanted him to he wanted to win the summer league games because I guess he had a bunch of money on it. Yeah. Or something like that. Uh, Birdie. The 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 tagline for this film is some games you play. Some games play you. Hey. Well, I don't want I don't want no game playing me. But. The hardest part of winning is choosing sides. I don't Yeah, because your team might be trash. And then I don't <laughs> want to be on a trash team. That makes yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, say you want a trash team. Well, and then we also have Leon. Actually, it's 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 hard to decide if if Dwayne or Leon is the lead, because Leon is also we start with him. And yeah. he has a, a, a an incident in his past that's haunting him. 
and he gave up basketball. And now he has a chance to redeem himself by setting another young kid straight and making sure that he doesn't do the same thing. I guess it's kind of the premise of the movie, right? Um, All right. So what else is there to say other than for some reason, this movie has 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, (laughs) It's rated R. Uh, Oh, and it it has 83% audience score. Seems a lot more right to me. But uh, oh, well, yeah. But before I I say that, I guess we, let's just do do initial thoughts. I guess I could start. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and start, brother. Um. So yeah, this is the first time I've seen this movie. Uh, for for those who haven't heard before, I wasn't allowed to watch rated R films for a long time. <laughs> I missed a lot of these. Uh, you know, a lot of these black lit films is sad, but it's like reality of the situation is that a lot of the movies with black leads in the early '90s were uh gang related films <laughs> i'll just say that <laughs> mm. um which was you know there are a lot of good movies uh but they were rated r had a lot of cursing and violence and so i was never allowed to watch them so this is my first time seeing above the rim um i like basketball a lot uh I, I watching this movie made me miss playing basketball um uh because of freaking quarantine um <laughs> i've been i've been enjoying the uh yeah i've been enjoying the mic Jordan talk to but yeah this movie I thought was like I thought this was like a really good movie um I say it like that just because uh we've seen a bunch of films in a row now that have like the you know drug dealing stuff uh, storylines in it and so I'm just like I'm getting fatigued by that obviously this movie came a lot earlier than the movies we were watching so it's not th- this movie's fault and the reality is that it is a you know uh, an experience that a lot of people have to deal with. And and we don't actually see them dealing drugs in this movie, I don't think. Nah. So nope, not it's just like kind of like in the background, but we don't like really see it. So it's this movie's actually not that not that about about it. It's interesting. I think like the characters in this like the acting in this movie is really good. I think like by the time Tupac made this movie, he had like actually like really stepped into his yeah, his, his like persona as an actor, like when he first comes in in the movie, you're like, whoa. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's like something like his entrance. I was like, man, that's like a movie entrance. Like legit like movie star. Like, hey, like there's an aura about him. Even when the, I don't think the, like the camera, like he was kind of in the center of the frame, I guess. But there were other people there. And it was just like, I was like, oh, snap. Like, who's that guy? You know? Um, um, yeah. I, I think like Dwayne was pretty good his career didn't like super pop off after this um at least for being in a being like the lead of a of a film leon i i always loved you know um i thought i thought he did a good job like that little romance between him and <laughs> and Dwayne's mom was, was fun uh i i liked how they played that um yeah i think like from time to time the movie would get a little a little confused, like a little distracting. Like I, the whole backstory for Leon was kind of like, I get it. And I'm also, <laughs> it was all, but like the, the opening scene was a little over, maybe over stylized. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. This movie had like, it had cool themes running through it and like interesting setups. I think it's kind of funny that like it was all leading to just like, 
a summer like shootout le- or whatever it was like some just like <laughs> just a summer league <laughs> just game, some man. summer league game that like didn't really matter you know what i mean uh but like because tupac had bet a lot of money on like it became like life or death stakes um and we don't we know that he goes to like the ncaa but we don't know if he makes it to the pros and like as cool as it is that he like went to georgetown i was like yeah you still get zero money from college ball so i <laughs> I, I really hope he went to the NBA. I, like i i couldn't help thinking about the doc there's that documentary um with the what is it hoop dreams um hoop dreams man so like Ugh. i just think about like I, I i was thinking about that while i was watching this movie it was just like man it's so like <laughs> it feels so sad to me that like so many like so many kids dreams young black kids dreams were like making it to the pros and like that was that was their way out and knowing that like the vast majority of them would never make it um uh so i was just kind of thinking about that but I don't know. It was cool. It was a good movie. Fifty percent is ridiculous. That feels racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is racist. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got to say. What's up, folks? This podcast is sponsored by Earning. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn could be in your hands today with Earning. Earning is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to a hundred dollars per day. Or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earning app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Think about it. Say you're going out for a special date. Or it's getting hot, y'all. You might need a fresh outfit for brunch or something nice. Or maybe you just want to feel good and take yourself to dinner. Earning can help you today. Make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoy earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Download Earning today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign in. It'll help the show out. Jump Under Podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period. See Earning.com slash DOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. So, you open Google Chrome on your phone, you're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with, when you're supposed to be working. But the site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no, he's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. Not from Daryl, though. Sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we, are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast, Smartless, on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road, ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to to Smartless! Don't miss our new series, Smartless, on the road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. 
presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You want to go, James? Want me to go? Yeah, I'll go. I loved it. Um... I'd only remembered parts of it, which makes me wonder if this is my was my first time seeing it all the way through, or if it's just been a long time since I've seen it all the way through. The opening, I was like, I don't remember it starting like this. <laughs> like that was so crazy. It was like insane to me. Um, I, I mean, this movie's really good. It's like so good, and I think you hit the nail on the head about Tupac uh, Bray. He was like so. It was definitely like a few movies in Tupac. Like he's like, I understand how to get through a scene. Like I understand how to play a character. I just thought it was super a uh, strong and commanding performance from him. Um, I I've always loved Dwayne du- Martin. Um, love Leon. Um, Tanya Pinkins is is fantastic as well. Um, I had a I I found myself in my head on this watch uh, with age, like Leon, Tanya and Dwayne are like three years apart and they're, you know, Tanya and Leon are obviously dating and, and Dwayne is supposed to be a teenager. Um, uh, and like, they're only like three years apart. So like, that was like, <laughs> that just kept sticking out to me throughout the movie. Um I lo- I thought Marlon Wayans was really funny and I um uh rock with him even though I know that he is uh he's a problematic figure um uh it only got too far when he in the gold scene like when he's like <laughs> dressed in gold and like um doing the like uh the powder chalk? oh that was yeah funny. the chalk I was just like this is insane <laughs> <laughs> like so crazy. I really like um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it kept slipping. That was I thought that was funny. Um, and then yeah, like I forgot. I had for. I feel like I knew that Boog shot Tupac in the end, but it was like I was like, oh shit! <laughs> like it really threw me. I was really shocked when it happened, um, uh, and was like kind of floored by it. So. Um, it's a big tragedy that Leon's not just the number one actor of our generation, but um, I thought he did a great job in this. Yeah, uh, I like this movie. You know, <laughs> like, uh, uh, it wasn't bad. That was just like, you okay? This is my thing. This is my thing. I think the opening, the opening, I audibly laughed. My man. <laughs> 
like, because again, we all have done this. Like, I remember, you know, being even being in school, like, you know, you always want to jump touch the top of the, like the door or whatever. Yeah. The fact that my man runs, breaks through <laughs> the backboard and falls out a window. Yeah, yeah, it was that was a lot. I was like, where is the basketball court? Like, where? Like, what's on, happening? It was on the roof. And it was. He was went through a window. When he did, went through a window. I don't think he actually went through a window. I think he went over the top of the roof. Oh, is that dog? Oh, I thought it was some glass. Yeah, I was no, like, man. he went over because they was they were on the roof and he just yeah he went over the because top. it broke. He went yeah. I feel like that should have happened to a bunch of people if if the if the rim was right by the edge of the roof. It is it, not. Fun. It is like a fr- like if it did. I don't know where the idea for that came off of. Maybe maybe he was as a kid scared. Maybe there's a basketball on his roof. And he was scared of going over the top, or maybe it actually happened to somebody. But it's a either way, it's a freak accident that that happened. It like it I can't believe that insane. it broke. That's kind of crazy to me that it broke, and also that he would like run go and through it and jump so far, like because when you run to jump and hit the highest point of something, jumping forward is not actually yeah, helpful. Is that what you're gonna. You're going to go up. You're going to go up. Try to go. You're not trying yes. to go forward. So, like, the idea that he, like, ran and then ran and then jumped as far as he could forward is kind of weird. It's like, it was like he was trying to do Michael Jordan, but, like, the reason that the Michael Jordan dunk is so impressive is that it's much harder to jump forward and still have that kind of height. Not that it's easier. <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, I, I was like, so that took a little bit out of me. And the thing is... You know what it was? It was like I felt like um, the movie didn't know who the lead of the movie was, uh, and by that I mean like there was a good portion of Leon because again the first opening scene we see Leon, of course he's gonna have a redemption story at the end, but then when it comes to to Dwayne, I was like, oh cool, we're gonna see like his big change, and I guess we get it in that very last twenty minutes of the movie uh, when he decides to like go join the other basketball team. We kind of see his struggle. I don't know, man. I- I don't know, maybe because I've seen some of these games, like in D.C., they used to have um, the summer games every year, which they now closed on that project, so we don't have it, but I don't know. I just wasn't a fan. I was like, you know what it was? It was just like, uh, Bray, like you always say it in the go. It was like, I liked it. I didn't love it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'm happy this movie existed, but there's no part that I'm like, this is the part I really liked, or this is a memorable scene for, for me. It's like, uh, mm, I don't know. Tupac does the same thing in this movie he did in uh, Juice, which he does. Like I don't know, I just I just wasn't I just wasn't in it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe because the Michael Jordan doc is like tainted every other basketball film that will ever come out because it's just too good and too real. Ha. Huh. Um. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. Um. <laughs> so yeah, let's just go through it. The beginning of this is kind of is very strange for those who haven't seen it in a long time or haven't seen it at all. Um, they're, they're, there's a one-on-one game that's taking place on the top of like a building. And the thing that's, I mean, it's already strange is they're wearing, they're like wearing pants and like full Letterman jackets while playing <laughs> ball, which like, I, I'm not saying that people don't do, but it was like, it did. I, I could you couldn't even tell what time period it was because it was just like it feel, felt like a sketch. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, 
Why are they wearing Letterman jackets? And the reality well, that's what we wore in Cat Williams. That was Lee my exact outfit. That in Cat was Williams. your outfit. That's what I'm saying. You were dressed exact like outfit. Leon. <laughs> exactly. Exact outfit. And the reason, exactly. And the reason to do it is it's an easy way to show the audience like they're in high school. You know what I mean? Like they're wearing Letterman jackets, but like nobody plays basketball where like it's so hard to play basketball with a Letterman jacket on. Like anyway, um, you do if you're like if it's just like. You know, you're on your way home from school. Yes. You know, and but then it's... you just real quick play, like, like real quick, you're, you're, you know what I mean? Right. If you pass a court and somebody's like, hey, it like throws you a ball. But like these, they were playing at night. Like it was, <laughs> it was pitch black no on a roof, <laughs> on like, some roof. Why are they playing basketball at night on a roof? Like it, it, all of it is weird. And there's like this weird music and it's like that weird, like, stylized like the camp like the camera's dragon uh and uh <laughs> leon keeps saying like get off me get off me which yeah yeah you say when you're playing street ball i guess but like i, I don't know it, it was strange it was very strange and he was just like tr- trash like really trash talking this dude who i think was his friend Yes, I think it was yeah. his, one of his best friends. One of his best friends. Um, and it felt like harsher than it needed to be, uh, especially for a one-on-one game at night that nobody else was paying attention to. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, he like jumps, hits the top of the backboard. And he was like, man, you can't even touch the top of the backboard. And then the guy like backs up, runs as fast as he can, leaps, smashes through the back of the backboard, and then falls over the roof to his death. All right. Yep. That's how it starts. That's how that opens. It, how it that is opens. a very strange start. And then... Then pain by Tupac kicks in, and you're like, oh, shit! Above the rim. <laughs> above the rim. Yo. Lord. Um, yeah, what does the title of this movie mean? Let's try to figure that I thought, out. Cause I, thought, I thought it was like, you know, when you try to touch backboard, but... That's just touching backboard. Like, it doesn't have to be above the rim. You try no, to get it, it is. It's and it's what Bray was talking about. You know, you'd be trying to be above the rest. You know, and so that's what Dwayne Martin's character was dealing with. You know, he was dealing so, with like, is he going to be above it, or is he going to succumb to it? Is he going to be underneath mm. it? You know, so James, you're telling me John's transition made sense. It did. That, <laughs> it Damn, you're that right. That's what Damn. it means, right? That's what it means in this movie, right? It it's means true. to try to get a, be above. You know the stuff that's that's bringing you down. Yeah. You know whatever it that is, it hurts even more. <laughs> it hurts even more now that the transition is supposed to make sense. <laughs> uh, no, man, yeah, did we just see Dwayne like balling out at this game? But he's like, he's like old Kobe Bryant. You know what I'm saying? Like he's 19 like year old Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm bringing the game to me, which is also one of the best parts about the Jordan doc is when they had the All Star game, and they're in the in there. Spoiler alert. John, are you up to date on all of it? Mm-hmm. And then and then Jordan is like, yeah, man, that little Laker boy, you know, he's going to be running up and down the court. He's going to bring the game to you. He's going to be like, I'm going to get mine. And it's just so funny hearing Jordan talk about somebody like just doing the most on the court. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, Kobe must have just been out here wilding at 19. Because <laughs> he know. actually went in at 18, right? Mm-hmm. Like his first year, he was 18. Wow. Was he the I don't know first... what any of that means. He was the youngest. He was the youngest. NBA All Star at one point. Yeah, I think LeBron beat him now. He didn't go to college. Yeah, yeah, um, Kobe did not. But um, 
Yeah, it, he was a ball hog. I mean, he was a ball hog in in the most furious way, which is somebody who uh, uh, c- continues to dribble and tries to get past their man like constantly and like can't fully do it. And then he was scoring, but then at the end of the game, uh, his teammate was wide open underneath the basket. Wide and, open. And instead of passing it to him, he like takes on this double team, shoots it, and then misses, and then complains about the shot like that he got fouled. And you it's that <laughs> like truly, that's the person I hate playing with the most, and that kind of person. <laughs> and his teammates were obviously upset with him. He was like complaining against the ref. Uh, and then the dude from like a, a, a recruiter saw him and he goes up to the recruiter and he's like, you knew that call was bogus, right? And the recruiter's like, you're not allowed to talk to me until you get permission from your coach, blah, 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 NCAA rules. And he's like, I won't tell if you won't. And he's like, what did he say? Like, that's not, not how, how it works. works. That's not how it works. Yeah, not how it works, brother. <laughs> walks away. <laughs> Leon's there. He's a security guard. Uh, so it's like, okay, it's, it's, this is years later. He's older. Um, and then his mom comes in, misses him. Leon kind of stops her. Uh, she's like, what are you doing? He's like, my job. <laughs> uh, so all, all of a sudden, just right then and there, there's like a little chemistry, a little tension between them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of, we kind of find out, realize that, you know, the co- as the coach says, you're not using your team. You know, he's trying to take on everything himself. Uh, and that's not going to get him that far. He has potential, but he has to, like, learn some things. He doesn't think he needs to learn anything. And he thinks it's his teammates are the ones that are bringing him down. Okay. It's good basketball rules. And then what? Yeah. What? Oh, right. And also at the game, Birdie is there. It's Tupac and Marlon and, and uh, Wood. And Marlon is like trying to get Tupac to bring Kyle into their whatever they're doing, whatever underground the team. He's like, get them on, get them on, the, on team. the team. He's trying to get them on the team, right? He's trying to get them on the team, yeah. Uh, for the shoot, for the shoot out. Trying to get them on the team, and also I think this is the first time uh, uh, Dwayne is or Kyle has seen Marlon since he's gotten out. So it's like this kind of like, oh man, yeah, I'm out, baby. Yo, it's some, I know y'all said I, this was the perfect amount of Marlon, but there was something that was like, maybe he just played his part well. There was something so annoying about Marlon in this movie that I was like, you know what? This character does exist in real life. I have a friend. I'm thinking, never mind. Yes. I got a friend right now. I'm like, nope, this dude exists. This is perfect. This <laughs> That's dude what exists. I'm saying. He's, he plays that character perfectly. The person who's like always making jokes, who like kind of never, never stops and like talks too much. And you're just like, dude. But you're like, you know, you like him. He's always there. Uh, yeah. He, and he played this. I mean, he was perfect for this character because it, none of the, the movie, it wasn't a comedy. And so it's like he was like the comic relief in this like serious movie. And he had enough. He has enough emotion in his eyes where when he needs to play something real for a second, he can, you know. And it was like tempered. It was like, the, I think the part that you're talking about, James, when he's pouring the chalk was probably like the most outlandish part but even that was like still within the world you know yeah no i bought i mm-hmm. b- i bought it but yeah. it was like no nah, this feels 
Yeah, it was like you could tell like Marlon like had the idea and was like, I'm gonna do this, and they were like, Oh, that's pretty funny. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it, it felt like that. It felt like he was like, I'm gonna keep pouring it on and I'll slip it, you know. You know. <laughs> but it was fun it was funny to me, like <laughs> him anyway. Uh I thought he was great at this. Oh yeah, like when he when that little <laughs> his other teammate, he was like, Yeah, dude, this is my boy, like, you know, he just got out. And he's like, Hey man, and then he like grabs the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> yes yo I have friends do that and I hate that I hate when people touch yeah, like, I have friends like, always yeah always just comforts the back of your head don't touch the back of my head man you weirdo hey what's up bro grabs the back like, of your head that was great also there's a weird scene I guess um, I guess it's the next morning when you know uh, Dwayne's about to leave his mom's like uh uh-uh, uh you can't go nowhere I was waiting up all night for you and then Marlon comes to the door and he's trying to be real polite she remember me and then Dwayne stops off to piss on the side, like in the alley. And Marlon is just over him the entire time, talking about his dick size. And yeah. like, I was like, yo, what is happening? And then Dwayne even shifts his body, then Marlon shifts at the same time. I'm like, what is, what is uh, this scene? That was hilarious. <laughs> yo, he was like, damn, man, I didn't know you went circumcised. <laughs> what did he like, say? He said, what did he call it? He said, you look like a giraffe. What was he called? He called it like some animal, and I was like, "Yo, why would he stop? Looks like a like an ant eater." Yes. <laughs> Yo, I can't, man. I was like, "Why is he?" Also, I don't know. I don't know why I was to take away from that scene. I was like, "Is it just showing he just has no filter?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, man. Um, and it was it was funny. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so. What happens here? Oh, right. So yeah, he 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 goes out with uh, Birdie to the club, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That night, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's like this club scene. He's like, yeah, like showing him, like, yeah, this is my club, and you know, come upstairs, here are the girls, and they they rag on uh on Marlon, uh, that kind of like sets that up, like, um. But then Birdie, you know, tells Dwayne, like, hey, man, um, you know, I want you to play for my team. And he's like, well, I got my, you know, I'm already, I'm supposed to be playing with my, my coach's team. And he's like, oh, like, the dude who doesn't believe in you? And, like, so he feels like Birdie believes in him because he was like, yeah, I saw, I was at that game. You look like the man to me, you know? And he's like, I'm glad somebody, like, figured that out. <laughs> Yeah, and also I think he was like he was trying to um then gave him money. You know, gave I just realized this movie doesn't have like a real female lead. Like the mom is in it, but she doesn't talk yeah, that she's much. Not really. the, like she's not the female lead. Even though like I do feel the center of the story is is Leon, um uh Dwayne and and the mom. Like that feels like the center of it to me, but her role is like it's you know, is is underused. I think. Yeah, yeah. Tanya, I think. Oh no, that's not. That wasn't Tanya Pinkins. She was. Wait, was it Tanya? I can't believe there was like no female like representation. Yeah, Tanya like, was the was yeah. the mom. Tanya was the mom. Um, she was great though. I thought she like, you know. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, in her few scenes, she was awesome. No, I'm sorry, like, she, like when we did get her, when we did get her POV, I thought that that was strong. Like, 
and she like she wasn't taking any crap from Kyle and she wasn't taking any crap from Shep. Like right. she was like <laughs> she was very clear about like she's like these are the things I want. This is what I want to do. You know, I don't have, I don't have time gonna, for that. She wasn't gonna yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I was just like, damn, just a little shock, that's all. Uh and then you know, he has and then we see like a montage. You know what it is? Okay, this is I think I'm thinking I'm now realizing what that I wasn't the biggest fan of. I felt like there was a lot of basketball. So it proved that like the way Martin could actually ball because it was a lot of wide shots of him like dribbling. Dribbling and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a bunch of like even after the scene, there's like just a sequence of just like basketball games. Um and rehearse I mean and, and practices and stuff that were cool, but for me it was like those rehearsal not rehearsals, ugh, those practices and, and games didn't advance the plot because it wasn't like um yeah, he still was a ball hog, but it wasn't like him fighting with the dude from SHIELD, Agents of Shield, who disliked him on his team. It it just felt like, oh, we just see him doing his same thing. Like it didn't it felt like, oh, we just taught these Actors how to play basketball. It didn't feel like it advanced anything for me. And so I felt like we wasted between these scenes, legit, those scenes were like 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, I feel like we just wasted a bunch of time where I like, I could have saw more of Leon maybe, or I don't know. I did want to hear, I did want to, I did want more of Leon in terms of just what he was dealing with besides just like seeing him like look at stuff that made him think something, you know, or besides seeing him like, it, playing airball, I did want that to be explored more. Yeah, it. I I will say I think for me the biggest thing was like Lee, like Leon's character development because it was tough. Like they they asked a lot of him, like as an actor, because he really didn't like most of the things, especially in the beginning. He was just supposed to be like completely inside his head, not saying much, and he like looked at people. And there were times where I, I, I actually, maybe he wasn't doing the best job because there was part of time I didn't know if he was mad or like, I didn't know, I actually didn't always know what he was thinking. I just knew that I couldn't tell what he was thinking. And it seemed like the people in the scene also couldn't tell. So I don't know if it was purposeful or not, but, you know, for instance, uh, when, when he's at the diner and the waitress is like hitting on him, um he he like kind of stares at her and she's like are you going to say something and then he's like more water and he, it's like really rude and you're like damn like that was rude and like he looks mad at her like he looks like how yeah. dare you even hit on me and then when the mom comes in and she's like excuse me are you sitting there he's like looking away and it's to me felt like a very similar look and then she like taps him on the shoulder and he's like huh Meaning, like, he didn't even hear her. And I was like, oh, that was what was happening? I thought you were just ignoring her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I thought you were ignoring her like and you ignored that other person. I read his flinch as, like, a he will, like, fight, fight whoever you, just right? touched him, he will fight them, it felt right. like. Right. Um, Which is, like, what were you thinking about? Like, why were you? <laughs> also, that was, that was none of his backstory. His backstory wasn't, like, I'm a fighter. I'm a selfish player. I mean, it was like, yeah, I'm cocky. And his friend fell out a window or off a roof. It's like. Like also, he was at a table by himself with a. It was like a flower in it, dressed in a suit. It was like, is he? It was almost like, was he dating the dude? Like, I, none of it made sense, and we never got any dialogue to explain anything that he went through. We don't know why the fuck he was playing basketball at late at night without a ball. 
Why no ball? Why no ball? John, do you practice without a ball? Because you play ball all the time. Well, but I think he. I think it's no ball because he was like, I'm not. I don't touch a ball anymore. Exactly. But he's. But he's still reliving that moment. Yes. You know because it's so. It was so traumatic to him, and so he goes out every night, <laughs> plays basketball. I guess against his friend without a ball. Yeah. Yeah. Because we do get a moment later when when it's a lot. Dwayne when Dwayne is like. He's like, play with me. And he tries to hick, give him the ball. And he's, he's like, I'm not even going to do it. But yeah. I guess we also have a moment when he's in the court later. And he is holding the ball. And then Dwayne takes it from him. So it doesn't really hold. Well, that he, he was starting to. Oh, right. He's, start, he's maybe he's coming the, around. Because the coach was like, I want the reason, the actual reason I gave you this job is because I want you to coach this team. Or mm-hmm. I think, like, to be fair, I have, I, ha- I haven't, like, gone down to the court to practice without a ball. Uh, but, like, I have sometimes, like, you know, done shots without a ball, like, to practice form. But I, I think, like, he. The thing that was the thing that was frustrating was like it was cool it was like in the beginning I can accept it but we never got more like we never got him talking about what it meant to him. It was like that opening scene was supposed to do the work for the rest of the movie and frankly that opening scene was so confusing as it stood that it definitely didn't and it's like it wasn't like and it's so unrelatable <laughs> to to me like and like it's not even the fact that like there is a basketball court on top of a building with no like fence around it like i i can believe that it's just like why he took on so much responsibility for that moment because we didn't know anything about these two people or his friend so like outside of just like black people like like are so not equipped uh like don't have the resources to deal with trauma in the ways that like white people do like because they just like don't have you know access to like mental health professionals and things like that but like i don't know it was so it was so confusing uh that i was like i need more man like i like and then we find out like the we find out everything about him from other people because like the thing the thing that i we found out the most after that opening scene is he goes to his mo- mother's grave, puts down a flower, and then Tupac is there, Birdie, and he's like, and then we find out that they're brothers, which is wild, because yeah, he was at that game, he could have spoke to him, he didn't, and you're like, wait, they're brothers, and like, and then Tupac t- tells this whole story, which is so sad, about like him being like a young boy, and like having his brother just like leave his family and his mom tell him like oh don't worry he's coming back and you never did and he's saying it with a smile on his face the whole time right and he's like yeah like she thought you would come back of course you were never going to like but that's all right like i became the man of the house i took care of us you know and presumably he didn't even come back when the mom died and and then he just came and he's like oh but now you're here and he's like but that's okay all that's in the past, like we could be brothers again. We could work together. And he's like, You think I'm gonna work for you? Which is the first thing he says. 
right? Which is like, if somebody just told you that, if you just told that story to your brother, and the first thing that person says is like, I'm going to work for you, I would be so pissed. <laughs> and like, he wasn't even pissed then. He was like, nah, dude, I'm saying partners. And then he's like, yeah. I'm not going to start selling that stuff. And I was like, are we supposed to like, I, in, my, I, in my head, I was like, are we supposed to like Leon at this moment? Because I don't. I don't like him at all. No, no I don't think so. Because I didn't like him either. Even though like we're supposed to think that he's above whatever Tupac is going through. But it, but it really felt like he was like abandoning his family. You know, yeah, like, he abandoned and, his family. Like, he even when did. they do the... And this got... For us, this was really cheesy. But it got me at the end when they're both on the basketball court talking and then <laughs> the other end of the court there's an older brother <laughs> and a younger yeah. brother playing and like j- like again re- a really cheesy moment but i was just like damn <laughs> like they will they will never have that <laughs> like it was so yeah. it was it was a lot and leon never apologized the entire really? movie even by the end he doesn't apologize so i'm like i don't I still don't like this dude. Like, I don't like Birdie either, obviously, because he just, like, kills a homeless man. But, like, yeah. I, I, like, I really don't like Leon. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> you still never actually, and if anything, what the coach tells him, which is sick and, and gross and wrong, the coach is like, you can't help your, you can't help your mother or your brother, but you can't help this kid. And I was like, Okay, the mom's dead, so I understand that. But you, he actually can help his brother. Can help his brother. I don't know what you're <laughs> can, talking about. He can be a brother. What do you mean he can't help his brother? Like, that sentence, I, I, it was like, it was so, I don't know if, I, it felt so telling to me. Because I was like, is this what people think? Like, I don't know. Like, I, Jeff, Jeff Pollock is black, right? Is he? No, Jeff Pollock isn't black. But okay. I don't know about the other right. The because he co-wrote the director, it, right? The, yeah, he the di- director. The director is black. He did um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he's he, the the director. Wait, that's and Jeff Co-writer's Pollock. black. Jeff Pollock is the director. Jeff Pollock directed, oh, yeah. but he but he co-wrote it with somebody. Got it. Right? Is that the person from Fresh yes, Prince? He... No, no, no. Jeff. Pollock... Oh. Damn, I messed up. Oh. No, yeah, Jeff Pollock isn't black. He's white. Barry, Barry Michael Cooper, though, Wait. is that you're talking about? Wow, no, sorry, I thought Jeff Pollock was black because he did so much black shit, but he is a white dude. He okay. did booty call? Wow. Okay, so this makes sense. This makes sense. Cause I was gonna be, I wow. was like, I was like, I'm actually kind of confused by this. This makes total sense that he's white. Because truly, what he subtly said in that line, but it's like actually pretty huge, was that people Black people who are sell young black men who are selling drugs are a hopeless cause. Mm-hmm. Don't put any hope in them. Don't put any. Just write them off. They're it's done. Like that's what that coach was saying. The white coach. Yeah. It was a white coach. <laughs> For those who haven't seen the movie, and Leon goes accepts what he's saying as truth, and never tries to apologize or tries to. Or tries to make things right, or tries to help his brother. He completely abandons him, and it's like 
that to me was like the saddest thing in the mo- movie that they didn't actually talk about and were supposed to be happy about even but it's like no this like this is the worst like this do you, I, and it was weird because it was like we had all this backstory that Tupac gave and then we never heard Leon like Leon goes to explain himself to Dwayne and the mom and and Tanya but like he never gets a chance to anyway, but he never even tries to explain himself to his brother. Yeah. And it was what was also Damn. tough, a little tough for me structurally is just we we are supposed to see him, you know, when he it 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 was baked into the movie enough that when he does decide to finally play at the end, it was like a oh, he's, you know, he's coming to terms with his grief and he's, you know, trying to step up and trying to not run away from it. But because it's never reconciled between him and and Tupac. It's like it it doesn't do it doesn't fully redeem him. It doesn't like make me go, oh, good for Leon, you know. Like it still is like frustrating and upset. Yeah, that that is insane. I mean, I mean, I guess the hard part too again for this movie is, and I don't know, maybe we just picking it this way. And I know John mentioned it, but like. It's almost like three movies in a row, or three out of four, where like there's one thing happening, but then like drugs are still a part of it. And I understand in this, this makes the most sense. I really, really do. But there is something now knowing this dude was a white guy who wrote this and directed it. And it feels so hopeless towards black youth that I'm just like, because you know what it is? It is the stigma. And I guess this movie is about basketball, so I guess I got to take it out of it. But this movie says, oh, this other black kid. You know, to survive, tells you why he had to do it. No one cares. His brother doesn't care that him and his mom had no money, that they had to like use the oven for heat, that they didn't have enough money for food. Um, we don't care about that kid's struggle, but then this one kid who can play a sport, we put everything into. This kid is a dick, douchebag, whatever, but he can play a sport, so we gotta make sure he gets out. And I understand that that's kind of always the vibe of like, you know sports, rap, entertainment can get you out of the hood. But the fact that a white dude wrote this, I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. That shit don't sit well with me. And again, the fact that there's like no real female lead in this movie, or even like, I mean, he ain't got no sister. There's no girlfriend. There's no like, I mean, the mom is here, but the mom, if you put the mom's dialogue together, she probably talks for what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes total. When this movie's a minute, an hour, 45, it's like, Ugh, man. And also, what do we say about Bernie Mac's character, Flip, in this movie? It just, now, you know, this this movie feels tainted to me now. Now, knowing that this dude is a white dude, it feels tainted. I don't yeah, like but, it. I mean, but there were, uh, I mean, that's fine, because all of that is still true. But there were black people in, like, writers, you know, the co-writer of the story is co-writer black. Is the black. co-writer of the script is black. So black people did touch the... Um, you know, did touch the script, did get to give it, you know, attention. I guess what's the overall message of this thing, or or is there no message? And you know what, I I, I will admit that like, um, this week in particular as we record this, I know we're not a political podcast. I just been mad all week, um, uh, about the whole Ahmad situation, and it's like now I think I'm just looking at things that the media really, really uses to define to us. Um, to define us, and I'm like, what is this movie supposed to say? Like, for real, for real. Like, what? 
Like, what is it supposed to say? We already reviewed a dance movie, and even in a dance movie, they still got to deal with drugs. Like, we dealt with a magic movie. In the magic movie, this nigga still has to deal with drugs. These niggas are playing basketball, and in basketball, niggas around him are still dealing drugs. And he, Come on, man. Like, what? I don't know, man. Like, yeah, no. it's uh, And that's the thing. And, like, it adds up. You know, if you keep seeing it, you just, like, you just start to relate, and you're just like, oh, so much so to the point where it's like, yeah, what do you expect, like, uh, like a white person from, like, the Midwest who, like, comes comes to New York or, like, you, like talks to a black person, and they're like, oh, you, like, grew up in the city? Like, did you deal drugs? Like, <laughs> of course they're yeah. going to ask that because they're like, that's all they've seen. That, like, that's all they I don't know. That's what movies keep telling me. Like, it feels like that's what that's your experience, you know. Um, and and this, I don't it's know trash. what does this movie. I mean, that's the thing. I, you know, I do like the thing. Do you think? Brother, do you guys think Dwayne learned a, a, a lesson? Uh, and do you think Cal learned an actual lesson in this movie? Well, the lesson he definitely learned the like use your teammates more lesson. Yeah, in terms of the actual sport. Whether and then he learned how to he learned to take advice in terms of shooting the ball, right? Mm. In terms of life lesson, I think he was like, he was like, okay, I need to like not associate myself with the people who are going down a path that I don't want to go down, which is like a good lesson to learn. Yeah, and not only that, he also learned to. Which I don't know how easy doing something like this would, because we have seen that Tupac will straight up kill somebody. But he he also learned to like stand up in the face of that, like in the face of the pressure of that. Um, and again, it's kind of hard because you know he he's he's able to do that because of the support he gets from Leon, which is kind of like. <laughs> The support that if only Tupac had that support, maybe he'd be right. different, yeah. you know. So, but like it, it that I do think that that's also supposed to be a part of it too. Like, like with the right support, you can overcome uh, any kind of uh, oppression or any. Kind I, of, yeah, uh, I think that situation. the overall thing, even though it's in the game, it's supposed to be in life too. Is like use your use your team. Like, don't try to do everything on your own. Leon, I guess, tried to like or like left everybody, you know, abandoned his team. You know, Tupac tried to do everything on his own, I guess, is what you could say. Uh, and then Dwayne was trying to do everything on his own. And he had to learn to use the support of his team. I don't I, I, I think like it's baked in there a little bit, but I don't think it was like executed as well. And we also don't get you know, some of the scenes that the movie itself set up for us to have, which is like, even if there isn't going to be a complete redemption, we want to hear what Leon was going through, or we want to hear him become aware and realize I abandoned my family, like, and say something to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We luckily got it from, we got from Tupac, like why he, what happened with him, what he heard about. And I do think it, hum- hum- the thing that I will say this the thing that kind of upsets me about these movies sometimes is like, I think there was an intention 
humanize Tupac's character so that audience is understood. But then the movie is like, it's almost as if they heard the criticism from like other people and were like, well, that said, like, he's still a bad guy. And look, he'll, we'll have him kill this person for no reason and show that he's actually just like really evil. And, um, and then like have him try to kill our main character at the end and like have him get what he deserves. And so like, he'll die. And it's like, it's kind of in contrast to the scenes that we get between him and Leon. You know what I mean? And that stuff is like gross when you think about like everything else in the larger context. Cause you go, well, why did you need to do that? You know, you actually don't feel the need to do that for a lot of white characters in a lot of movies. You don't mm-hmm. feel the need to be like, Hey, Hey, we're, we're actually not, you know? Um, and the other thing is, this dude, what he didn't have to be some like psychopath murderer, you know what I mean? Like, why did yeah. he kill Bernie Mac's character? Uh, I, not, I know it happens. I, I know homeless people have been murdered, but it's like, but why did it need to be tell, told in this story, especially in a story that you actually don't care really about the homeless people at all? You just use Bernie Mac to like show that like Leon used to be a great basketball player, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and it's tough because it's like, um, oh, Bernie was so wasted. Man, bless Bernie Mac's heart. Like, if you look back at some of these old movies from the 90s, he was just in there just trying to get work, man. Him and Sam Jackson. Just trying to get work. I, I just don't think this... Again, I know this movie's considered a classic. I'm, I'm expecting tweets and DMs to be raw about not understanding it. And, I, not, and the thing is, I do understand this is a product of the 90s. Um, but again, like we're not watching it from a '90s perspective, you know what I mean? We're watching it from like a 2020, and again, like this this week has been raw, and it's like I just I am getting very weary of having outsiders comment on uh, Black Lives unless you're just following orders, you know what I mean? And like, could there have been a black dude directed this? Probably. Again, it was the '90s, probably wouldn't happen. Also, like I do know this guy, Co wrote it and so he may not even written that dialogue or meant for it to come out that way but like at the end of the day it's like did he override what this black dude did i don't know i just know at the end of the day yeah like all i know is at the end of the day there there's a perspective and a education i feel like this movie does not have towards black people from the inner cities and that bothers me Uh, it really bothers me that there is no real female character in this movie um I don't know, man. It all just bothers me. It's like, yeah, it seemed like they were so focused on making the basketball look real than anything else. Like, I, mm, I don't know, man. Well, I just want to say the 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 mom the mom's character was like really was really strong. Like, Tanya did a really great job, and she had the she was by far the most mature person in the movie, and like like was like was like a pot like like acknowledged to her son that she missed the game like you know wrote the note like they had that fight and she was like i'm sorry but i I have to work and he was like well this is why i want to like go to the nba so like you don't have to work so much so you can like watch my game and like you could feel that there you could feel the love that she had for him you could see her like trying to like have her own life and like this the fight that she has with him where she's like you don't pay any of the bills. Like, you're not going to tell me what to do. <laughs> like, I don't get a curfew. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I there was so, so many of those moves that were, were, were pretty dope. And then, like, the time where, like, 
she's asking him like after the game where he gets so hot-headed and she's like what's going on and he's like she's like ask him and leon just leaves and then she says that thing like you know when he when leon comes over she's like well my son was upset and i was confused and you just left it seems like that's what you do you just leave when things get hard so i actually don't have time for that which was like holy crap i mean like and and so real and so hard for people to say but she she did the thing is like in this movie and in other movies sometimes the the black women are they have that exceptional negro thing where it's like yeah. she was like the exceptional negro it was like oh the black women have to be like the most mature the strong you know don't take don't take anything like well like you know snap back but like we don't get to see their emotional like we don't get to see their flaws we don't get to see like the things like them saying sorry, you know what I mean, kind of thing. So she wasn't like a full, she was definitely a supporting character. She's probably there more than like Marlon Wayne's, but not as, mm. definitely not as much as like Dwayne, Birdie, Leon. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean. But yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, the, you know, the end of this movie, they play the game. Birdie tells them like, hey, basically threatens his life and is like if you want to live like you'll uh yo when he showed up to say good luck i was terrified <laughs> i was like i don't know what he's about to do <laughs> he got all close gave him a hug i was like oh shit <laughs> even even though you ain't on we ain't on you ain't what is it even though you're on a different team you still play on my team yeah like oh that's some real shit bro you better play on that dude team. Well <laughs> you about to die. You know what I'm saying? You better, you better, you better be smart about all this, man. And they were just Shoot. outwardly talk. Like in the middle of the game, Wood was like, "Hey, Birdie said no defense." Just out loud, like he didn't even try. He didn't even try to whisper it or be. Yeah, and they were fouling the whole game. Oh man, I would have been so pissed. I was like, man, it's amazing. More fights didn't break out. Oh, like, well, you know, how I'll, hard I'll, fouls they were getting. Just they were, decadent. but it, but it's something that's so interesting about it because after watching the Jordan doc, I'm like, oh man. I, again, it wasn't like what was in this movie, but from the Jordan doc, it's like, oh, basketball used to be played drastically differently. It was like, it was get away with so a lot much rougher. Yeah. My God. I mean, just that run of like watching Detroit do the Jordan rules where it was like, yo, what was it number two or number three on the rule was like if he goes in the air you put him on the ground. I yeah. was like, God dang. Yeah, just knocking him down. <laughs> then they had a montage of Jordan being like, Yeah, I'll hit the gym. And it's just Jordan just like putting on muscle. Putting on muscle. I was like, yo, this is crazy. You could never do that nowadays. You could never do that in the NBA these days. No, oh you would get goodness. technicals so so much more quickly than than they gave technicals then. Cause oh like those were goodness. flagrant fouls. Like they were not trying to stop. They were they were trying to hurt him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it obvious. Like, it was like, yeah, man, put him on the ground. If he goes in the air, put him on the ground. And he comes through the middle, put him on the ground. Like, yo. But more You're fights, to more fights did break out in the NBA earlier on. Which is why the, like... I'm sorry, there's like a squirrel outside my window. <laughs> Are you saying that? Hey, literally standing up like a human being and like going like this. (laughs) It's so (laughs) let that squirrel live. Um. Anyway, um. 
yeah man yeah those those are hard i don't yeah i was <laughs> it's like those are like some fighting fouls for sure like they literally just like pushed people on the ground yo <laughs> dude was like, like wood was like decking people with his elbow like <laughs> with his forearm oh man um, and then where did the gun come from? Like at the end, it was in the back. It was in the back. It was Tupac in the back. Was like okay. handle it. <laughs> okay. I was like handle it. Yeah. Um, Crazy. I mean, I've to definitely pull been to an event like that in front of all those people. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it just shows your your like you just expect to get away with it. But also, it's crazy because you're going after the dude who has a chance to get out the hood. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I was like, oh, hopefully, don't don't kill my man, Leon. Don't kill Leon because I didn't remember it. I didn't remember yeah. the end at all. I was like, oh no! So I was happy he made it. Happy he made it to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. You know, he still. I'm sorry, man. Look, I know we're not a political podcast, but it's some something about sports. I love, but bothers me to such a great extent. Like the fact that like these college kids probably got two a day practices. You know, making no money, whereas their coaches make millions of dollars. Yeah. They still, I don't like in the NFL that they call the 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 owners owners. All of it just feels bad. Like I hate I hate I hate the combine stuff they show on ESPN where like people are just training and it's like a bunch of dudes taking like little notes on every like black kid that's like doing jumps and shit. Guys, what's happening? John, stop looking at the squirrel, man. Yo, I'm not even joking. This bird just chased this squirrel out the tree. <laughs> This bird just straight up chased the the squirrel was running for its life and the bird was like bah, bah, bah. <laughs> pecking at this squirrel and it just ran. Cause the bird got a little nest up there and the bird is like, hey squirrel, back up. Yeah, that back that, up. That, Don't mess with my team. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? This yeah. is my team. This is my squad. Mm-hmm. Let me You're tell trying you. To, encroach on what I got going on here. And it's like, you will not win this fight. I got the higher ground, baby. I'm above the rim. Why'd you do it again? Wait, why'd you do it again? <laughs> Let's start the show. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons toward your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Because shopping at Kroger, whether in-store or online, is easy. And saving money is even easier with the Kroger app. So get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week, we had a very special guest, his golden messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Office Hours Live. <laughs> you can't say, let's start the show now, and you said, <laughs> it's time for the cause at the beginning of the episode. Man, Quarantine, look, we're I, losing our minds. Look, man, I ain't even gonna talk to Hollywood. I just want people. I just want to. I want to. I want to talk to uh, all of our white listeners, please, uh, especially those who live in the Midwest and the South. Um, we're not a political podcast, but I just need y'all to do something for me. If you have a relative, whether it's your auntie, whether it's your grandma, whether it's your mom, who says questionable things about black people, 
to this day that you guys just brush off because that's just like Auntie Janice. I need I not I need y'all to start saying something. And if you're like I'm tired, she doesn't get it. Just keep doing it, man. Like literally, this this Ahmad situation is so close to home because it's it's the town over from where my parents live. It's it is the town over. This is the same area and same neighborhoods that when I go visit them for holidays, I jog in and my mom freaks the fuck out. Mm. And the thing is, these situations do happen and it sucks because I keep thinking about it. And again, I think my mom, my mom talks about this so much when I go jogging in these neighborhoods. So much. And I'm like, no, it'll be fine. Like, whatever. But the fact that like, if you think about it, if you really think about it, we would never know this kid's name if this tape wouldn't have came out. And the thing is, the tape existed in February. Right. Like, we would we would never know. And the thing is, this probably happens so often. Like, say this kid was jogging and nobody was recording it. Then what? These dudes would still be at home celebrating Mother's Day with their mom and wife. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's getting hard because I'm seeing, like, friends post things. Like, we should do something. But I also have a lot of friends who would openly talk about how racist, like, their grandfather is. Or how, like, they don't talk to their dad anymore because their dad is racist. I'm like, no... You got to talk to that dude. It is annoying, but it is hard because I think we're in a world where as people of color, especially black people, we always have to like school somebody about race. We don't want to do that shit all the time. Like this podcast is literally the ultimate schooling on race, which is tiring, but we don't have the benefit or the privilege to stop because if we stop, then that means we're not doing our part. Every time I hear about like some white person is like, literally I have a friend that's like her dad. She doesn't talk to her dad. It's like, I don't give a fuck if you like this nigga or not. Every time you talk to them, you hammer that shit home. Like, there isn't a luxury to quit. There isn't. It's just not. Like, there isn't a luxury for men to stop other dudes from saying sexist shit. Like, if you want to be a part of the solution, you got to fucking be in the trenches. And I'm just tired. Every time someone's talking about, let's go march. No, nigga, you march. <laughs> you march. What am I marching for? What am I black ass going out there for? No, y'all, all the Karens, all the Susans, you go march. You know what I'm saying? All the Chads, y'all motherfuckers go march. Like, I know my people good. Every time I watch one of these goddamn movies, it's a black person just trying to prove to a white person he's a good person. That is it. Green Book. The whole movie is like, at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, he's good enough of a human to come to my fucking Christmas dinner. He's on Green Book. It's just like, yo, and this is a movie that, this is a movie that the white America puts on a pedestal. You know what I mean? I'm just tired, dude. And the thing is, I'm tired, and I, and I love black people, but I'm, I'm also starting to get tired of seeing motherfuckers turn the other cheek, and I'm like, yo, look, man, not wishing it, but we keep letting shit, we, we have so much faith in other people, which is why I love black people so much. We have so much faith, so much care, so much, like, things will get better, we just got to keep fighting for it, and the thing is, I think this fight isn't our fight anymore. I think this fight is for white people to talk to other white people and be like, yo, we doing some crazy shit. We got to fix it. Like, just like if there was a bunch of shit happening to women, it's up to dudes to be like, hey, niggas, bruh, we got to calm this shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't my fight no more. I can't keep telling you I'm good. I can't keep telling you that my son or my nephew or my godson deserves the right to go fucking jog or play with fucking water guns like white kids get to play with fucking super soakers and shit. You know what I uh, realized while I was watching the, the movie? What's that, James? Well, because like, the whole time we're watching it, we're just like, we wish we knew like more about what's going on and like what's driving Leon, like what's propelling him forward, like throughout the movie. 
And they like don't really go into the backstory, you know, and it's only kind of like a little bit. It's kind of like a throwaway kind of thing when they do talk about it. Kind of like just like in Hancock when they're like, hey, like, like, who are we? People used to call us gods and then that's it. And then we just sort of move past it and they yeah. like don't really go into it. Hancock's like pretty bad. It's like a pretty yeah. bad movie. That's true. I mean, honestly, I still hate it, but that's true, though. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> honestly, you know, I don't want to give you this, but honestly, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's no, thank you. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord. Okay, it's time for the cause. We rate review films not based on how much we like them, but whether or not they help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. If we think they fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. If we think it somewhat helped the cause, we give it a white palm. If we think it didn't help the cause at all, you know, we don't give it anything. On the count of three, Jaron and I are going to raise up our ratings because James already has his up. One, two, three. <laughs> All right. <laughs> James and I gave it a fist. Jaron gave it a palm. Wow. He knows okay. he's wrong. He knows he's wrong for that. So you go, you go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to tell you what's so funny is that this, the, the, the palm is me being nice. I almost yeah. gave it nothing. I know you almost Can't gave it nothing. it nothing. I almost, but I couldn't. But I couldn't. I couldn't give it nothing. My heart, like, my heart wanted to, I guess my thing is this, because I'm happy this movie exists. I really, really am. Um, but Tupac was already Tupac. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Uh, it wasn't like this movie did great things for Tupac. It was like Tupac did another Tupac-esque role, which he finally was able to break out of. I'm very happy that um, Dwayne Martin had a lead part. You know, whether or not whatever happened after that, like, I can't really speak to. Um, it wasn't a black director, so that was a moot point. Uh, there wasn't, besides the mom who was in it, and she played her part wonderfully, there wasn't, like, a really impactful female lead or co-lead of this movie. Um, again, and I understand why this movie exists. I understand why people can like this movie. But for me, the message of this movie just doesn't track. Uh, and... I don't know, man. It, it it feels like this was just a movie made, and I think I was watching that documentary, and it was like, oh, the hood era, and it's like, yeah, man. I feel like there were there were other movies that were made which had way more heart that were about people who lived in urban black folk who lived in like urban cities, and this just wasn't one of them for me. So I wanted to give it nothing, but I felt like the community would come after me, so I gave it a palm. Well, here's my thing, because I gave it I gave it a black. I gave it a black fist because of all of the amazing black um, talent that is represented on the screen, um, and uh, because and and especially at that time, so many of them uh, were just super promising, and like you wanted to see in more stuff, and like would be the reason that you would go and see movies. I mean, Leon was fantastic, Dwayne Martin, okay, um, but to Jarrah's point about the white director, I was just looking it up and like. It was Jeff's first movie, like, and he and Benny, who co-wrote the story, um, were on Fresh Prince for the same amount of time. So, like, they were in the same place in Hollywood. Like, I don't quite understand why Jeff gets the director role and not a black person. That is a little confusing to me. Um, but I think the movie itself deserves a fist just because of the from the from the standpoint of acting. Like those actors, uh, uh, like like we said, we can't even tell who the leads are, but it's between two black people, and it's not like who's the lead is it is it Russell Crowe or is it Denzel? It's like who's the lead is it Dwayne Martin or is it Leon? And that's that's cool. Um, uh, so yeah, that's why I gave it. A, that's why I gave it. A yeah, 
Well, you know, I gave it a, I gave it a black fist just because of the. You got Marlon Wayans, you got Bernie Mac, you got Wood Harris. All of them went on to do bigger and better things after this. They probably are all we're going to, but you know, these are the kinds of movies that helped people along the way. Um, uh, you know, Leon had done cool runnings already, but you know, the was the Temptations movie a TV movie? <laughs> It, it was, it, it was, was, but it was so it good. Was, it was, but so it was good. dope as hell. <laughs> but it was really dope, you know. I, I don't know, you know. Yeah, maybe this didn't really help him as much. Uh, but he was still in some movies after this. Maybe not, like, lead, lead, but, you know. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think it did give people, like, it, it did help people. Um, and you had a lot of black leads in it. But um, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, you know. I mean, it probably it was, wasn't it wasn't the greatest movie, but it, it was fun. There were there were there were fun parts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was. It was like, um, you know, there was a fun part, uh, and it was when, um, you know, I can't remember it right now, but I'm gonna come back to y'all next week. I'm gonna be like, yo, I, I remember that fun part. And I'd be like, that's Damn, when it you was. You remember that? It's gonna take you a week chalk, to remember baby. the, the, the one fun the part chalk. of Above Marlon, the Rim. You know, <laughs> he's like, all right, all right, hold, I just the gotta chalk, get more chalk. I mean, I, I know I already clowned I that part, get more, but it was get a the way flatter. he was doing it was funny, <laughs> and he would it would always drop it like that was funny and like you know everybody knows that guy like who shows up like <laughs> that is true super there, there is there is that dude always that shows up on the court. John probably knows this better because he still plays street ball, but it's like dude got on his Jordans, got on his matching like uh, <laughs> basketball outfit. I'm like, bruh, you doing the most? You you look like a bum. You look like you're bad at ball for just coming out here with this matching ass Nike outfit of yours. You look like a bum. Your outfit is too clean. It's too fresh. You ain't got a little t-shirt and back. Yo. It I had as a, a person, bee. It had a bee sewed into the back of his jacket. <laughs> no. That was, was that hilarious. for that gold his suit. name? Or was that it wasn't the wasn't the brand, right? Like he no. had that. <laughs> Listen, I say this as a person who's terrible in basketball, so. Uh, I'm not judging nobody, but see me on the football field, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Didn't you play defense? Well, I, that's because I was bad in offense because I was small. But, <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> 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 but, but post, but post high school and college. I, I was definitely into the flag football, you know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. Like you know, you know, until you know, then when you get older, your ankles get bad. And yeah. it's like, oh man, you're running on dirt. I'm like, <laughs> you can't juke and jab anymore. Yeah. So actually, uh, you don't want people uh, to see you on the football yeah. field. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> and I don't have a and I don't have a video game system, so I can't see y'all on Madden uh, okay. or NBA 2K. So you know what? I think you, you should know? stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> You're still doing that dance competition though, right? Oh, oh listen, oh man, I tried to I tried to I tried to dance. I was gonna challenge um like as a precursor, uh one of our friends ex Mayo to like a um house party dance thing. Mm-hmm. But then I was trying to do it on my floor and I have a carpet mm. and I tripped and I was mm. like, Ooh. <laughs> like, Ooh, man. Right. When you, when you, my body ain't the way it used to okay. Quarantine is thrown off my whole equilibrium. Hey, man, just you still off. got muscles though, so you know. Don't worry no, about. man. That's the quarantine messed that part up too. I was oh, like, no. man, quarantine. All right, we should end this podcast. <laughs>
Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Um, <laughs> you can follow us at Black Man Podcast uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website where you can uh, find links to our uh, uh, merch and links to our Patreon, which we don't do new episodes anymore. But, you know, if you've never listened to them, we have a year's worth of episodes. So check that out. Also, if you rate and review us on iTunes, give us five stars. We'll read your review on the air. Um, okay, here we go. Let me just try to do some of these. This one is by... I don't think I read this one. Sapphire1969. Does that sound... I don't remember that. No, yeah. Don't recognize it. Excellent pod. Excellent pod. Super fun podcast. I'm not sure how I found this show, but I really enjoy it. It has opened my eyes to new movies and how ones I've seen have a wide impact. As a queer black woman, I appreciate the diversity in gender and conversations about queerness. The hosts are funny, honest, raw, and very self-aware. Thanks for putting this together. Smiley face. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Aww. That's great to hear. Um, you can follow me at John Braylock, johnbraylock.com. That's, that's all. Uh, James Third Comedy, jamesthirdcomedy.com. Third 3RD. Yo, I'm taking a social media break from my what? psyche. Oh. I am. I am. I'm taking. I'm taking like a, a a break from my phone and stuff. I know we got calls, but it's like you know, if you need me, you can find me. But I'm taking a break, so I'll tell y'all when I'm when I'm back when I'm back in the zone. Fair enough. Uh, right. Do we know what we're doing next week? Have we <laughs> have we done Romeo Must Die? Huh? We haven't done have Romeo we Must done Die. Have we done Romeo Must Die? Because I've passed it on Netflix like four times, and I'm like, have we done this movie? Didn't we do it? No, we we definitely have not done it. Did the Jet Li film? Yeah, the Jet Li, Jet Li and Aaliyah. Okay. No, I guess it is Jet Li. I guess that is mainly a Jet Li film. We can do there's it, that though. New, there's that new Netflix film um, that has... That looks so serious. Never mind. I don't want to suggest that. It's like It's got like a bunch of black people in it. Even the girl from... From Obama's other daughters, like one of those, one of the comedians from there, she's in it. It just looks so serious and like. I love you said the girl from Obama's other daughters. One, sorry, one of <laughs> one, one of one of the comedians from Obama's other daughters is in it, and I was like, oh, I should watch this, but it was like two hours and twelve minutes. I'm like, that's a long time. I know I ain't got nowhere to go, but that's two hours and twelve. Minutes. <laughs> okay, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, send us some suggestions. I want to do Romeo fun. Must Die. In my mind, that's the one we're doing. That's yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind get, it. We should get. Uh, we should get somebody for that. We should get a guest. Yeah. For that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind that one. I don't mind that one. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. All we'll right. see you guys next week. Peace. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. 
What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today!